Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. Alrighty, welcome back to the Reputation Revolution. I'm your host, Trevor Young. Thank you for having us in your ears. Now, with people returning to events, it's time for aspiring thought leaders to hit the stage again, to tell their story, to get their message out there face-to-face with real human beings in the audience. But how can we show up confidently, particularly after so long when we haven't probably been around people as much and presenting as much, how can we show up confidently, powerfully, effectively on pretty much any platform? And uh, to help us, to help guide us through all that today, uh, we have with us Jackie Goddard from Power to Speak. Now, Jackie is an acting voice and presentation coach. She works with leaders and entrepreneurs uh, to help them bring their voice to life. Jackie, welcome to the show. We're going to cover a lot of stuff tonight. Yeah, we are. Thank you for having me. Um, what's 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 a bit of your background? Um, you, I mean, you work with actors, you work with leaders, you work in presentations um, and performance. You've got a creative background. What's the sort of the snapshot of where you've come from, but what are you doing today as well? Uh, well, long story short, um, I come from an acting background. I think I always should have been an actor or director um, and bizarrely ended up becoming a fashion designer. Um, and from there, because the fashion wasn't really what I should have been doing and I didn't particularly enjoy it, I ended up kind of transitioning transitioning across to theatre. So I worked at the Royal Shakespeare Company for a while as a dresser and then went into the wardrobe department and uh, did costume, uh, things like that. But really, I was always hanging around in the wings, just watching what was going on in the stage and just from the from the auditorium, watching directors work with actors and seeing how a whole p- production came together. And on film sets, too, I did I did some stand in and some work on, on some films and I, it just fascinated me, absolutely fascinated me. Just, I suppose, the creative thing of, of actually putting a show together. And then from that, I thought, right, well, I now need to go to, I really do need to go to drama school. So I went off to drama school, learnt the craft, went off to Edinburgh Fringe, London Fringe Theatre, worked on new plays, just had a, a great time just mucking about on stage. But... It really doesn't pay the bills, as I'm sure lots and lots of people will tell you. You end up hanging hanging around waiting for jobs for, for longer than you actually are working. So I ended up getting into teaching. So I taught children and, and after school drama clubs. And then about 10 years ago, I started, I'd put off working with with adults, actually, because I, I, I thought I found them quite frightening to kind of, you know, step into a room with adults and, and try and get them to play. Um, so... Uh, but once I started doing that, it was quite rewarding. And actually, the, the people that I was uh, working with, I think, found it quite therapeutic to get into a room and play. And then in lockdown, I ended up uh, in lots of networking Zoom rooms, talking to business owners and leaders 
and realizing that actually, you know, everybody needs to get their voice heard for whatever reason, whether they're in a boardroom, whether they are standing on a stage, whether they're talking to their staff, their investors, you know, they, they just need a voice. Yep. And lots of people just don't know where to start. So with such a varied background, uh, Jackie, who do you work with now? Um, I've mentioned at the top sort of entrepreneurs and uh, is it entrepreneurs trying to, um, you know, get financing and boardroom presentations? I guess you've got thought leaders who are trying to embark on a speaking career. Uh, but there's so many uh, different ways of presenting. What's, what's, what's the most sort of stuff that you're doing then? Well, it's, it's going back to the basics of, uh, of, of just getting people to a place where they want, they're excited about stepping in front of an audience and sharing whatever ideas they have. So it might be that they are sharing um, an idea with a, a group around a board table. It might be that there is an, invest in, uh, an investment that they need to, to go for. So as long as they have something that they're, they're really needing to say, that they really want to share with people, then those are the people that I work with. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether they're in a boardroom, whether they're sat around a, d a dining table. You know, some, sometimes I've worked with people that are just not confident at speaking or knowing when to interrupt a conversation even, which, you know, goes for the, the same around a boardroom, I'm sure. <laughs> Indeed. So let's unpack that. Probably if, if we're talking to, and you know, we're all about uh, people who are, you know, it's the personal branding, professional personal branding. So uh, credible experts, aspiring thought leaders, entrepreneurs, people have been in the game for a fair bit. Um, I know that um, imposter syndrome and pursuit of perfection are roadblocks and limiting beliefs that people do do have. You'd, you'd come across that, and I think we will need to cover that at, at some point. But I guess the, where we, we look at those types of people, they're usually, uh, you know, doing maybe being interviewed on a podcast. Uh, they might get be lucky enough and do some TV. Um, they might have their own, want to do their own podcast or want to do their own videos or more likely probably want to get out and, and speak, um, whether it's a small meetup up until, you know, uh, on a stage at a major conference. So um, we've got the full gamut, but I, I, I guess um, the same um, things have to be covered off, whether you're speaking to a small audience, one-to-one -one, or, or a or a, uh, a major audience. What's What are the, the key things then that you look for in these people, if we can generalise across a number of those things? Yeah, I think, I think it comes down to their personal story because what, you, you kind of need to allow people or give people permission to be themselves. And that's where personal branding, uh, branding comes in quite heavily into how people want to be perceived. But actually we, what they need to do is just kind of show up as themselves and not be worried or that they're gonna be judged or they're gonna be you know, laughed at for, for what it is that they have to say or for showing their personality. And it's kind of just getting people to a point that actually you can do that without making you look bad somehow. That actually, if you show yeah. up as yourself, then actually, if you're telling the truth, and that's that what, what comes across from my acting training, is that when you're playing a character, 
you have to be truthful to that character. You have to be that character, not play that character. And actually, that's what I try to get from people, no matter what it is that they have to do. As long as you can get them to the point where they are confident in themselves, then they, and they are being truthful and honest with themselves, then they can show up anywhere. They can stand on any stage. They can talk to any presentation and be confident that they are not, they're not going to stumble over their words. They're not going to say something wrong because they're talking the truth. They're speaking the truth. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a that's really interesting point. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the same as creating content. A lot of people don't want to do it. They won't do a YouTube video uh, despite wanting to because it won't be perfect and you know, my mantra is don't let perfect get in the way of getting it done. Um, and, and, and this has taken that to another level because clearly speaking is the thing that scares the heck out of people or just being around people or putting forth their opinions or whatever. Um, I, I guess that's really getting... Um, is, that, is that sort of an empowerment thing? Like you're trying to empower them if that once they get their voice, then they, they become more empowered to, to use it? Is that yeah. the way it goes? I think so. I'm just wondering what the sort of the, the, the how you take people through that because it's there'd be mental blocks left, right, and centre. Well, I mean, I, an example of uh, the way that I work is if somebody has a talk or a presentation that they they are needing to make, I generally get them to do a brain dump. So they they put everything down onto a piece of paper. This is not not how people expect a voice coach to work I don't think but this is this is how I find that people can kind of get everything out of their heads onto a piece of paper it doesn't need to be perfect as as you say done is better than perfect get it all out and you can you know you can write 2000 3000 words just get it all out on a piece of paper and then we can start extracting mm. the the bits of that that are going to be important to get your message across important to your uh, customer, client, investor, whoever it is that you're talking to, your audience, the, those parts that are going to be relatable are going to make you relatable to them because there's something in your story that will validate their story. So I kind of start with that, with that brain dump of just putting everything out there. What is it that you want to say? Why is it important? Why do the audience need to hear it? You know, and, and, and a, a lot of what I do is, is actually who are the audience? So then it's kind of picking out from, from your story and from your authenticity, from your honesty, what is it that's relatable to them? What is it that's going to make them want to buy from you, follow you, whatever it is that you want them to do? And that's, that's the starting point. And once you, get, once you get that out, once you get all that down, then you can start working with that presentation and finding what's really important to the audience. Yeah, and reading, pre and, you know, reading into presentation, that could be if you're about to do an interview on a podcast or um, yeah. you know, some YouTube videos, for example. Same, same sort of deal, isn't it? You're still going to have an audience just still out there presenting. Um, would you yeah. think that that's uh, would the the approach work for across those types of um, ways of uh, presenting? I think so. Yeah, I think once you've done that, once you've realised, I mean, I early on actually, I I was very brave. I decided to ask um, people that knew me, people that I'd worked with, former clients, former students, friends, and people that knew me from networking 
what they thought of me and you know what they thought my my superpowers were what they thought my weaknesses were and i i only asked i asked about nine people i think it was but from a sort of a cross section and I, what i found was quite enlightening it was you know it was it, there were some great points in there that i hadn't even realized that people thought I was good at doing that. And actually what, what it was, was I ended up with all these words, all these phrases that kind of gave me a grounding to what I could do for other people, how I could use mm. my voice to suit my audience. And I think that's a, I think if you can be that brave, that's, it's a great place to start because it really gives you a kind of grounding. So then when you go onto a podcast, you know what it is you know why you're there you know why you can share mm. what you can share you know what what, what value you, you're going to be giving um so i think that's a really good place to start no matter what then any kind of presentation you do if you've got that story that that bedrock of who you are and why you're doing what you're doing then it's you know it's easy then to to adapt to different platforms yeah so really, we're talking about almost the basics of personal branding, aren't we? I mean, it's uh, yeah. I've done that exercise before too, and uh, and you know you get back some really interesting stuff. And I thought, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I think uh, I, I I do recommend people do it actually. Um, so let's just back the truck up a bit. So really, it's about going out to people, friends, but also potentially clients and and. Uh, colleagues and people who might not know you as well and because you want a cross section of people and um what do they think of you i mean i i know i know some people have done that i've known a couple of people have done that and they've just uh, give me one word and they've gone they've tried to distill it down to one word but i, I like you know give me a sentence or two what you think of my yeah. uh, as you call it superpowers uh how do you think i help people um what what do you think my how do I look out? How do you think people perceive me? Uh, that sort of thing. And I think yeah. you get back, oh, that's insights, yeah. isn't it? And uh, remember that, yeah. remembering that, you know, your personal brand is what people perceive you and, and what they think of you. That's your brand. Um, yeah. What we try yeah, and do uh, externally is really try to influence that in a, in a genuine and authentic way. So that's, a, that's really good because that really dovetails into personal branding anyway. But to hear you say that it can now be, you know, help you across multiple platforms where you're going to be uh, telling your story and, you know, um, spreading your message. Um, that That's fantastic. Do you find, um, if we look at, I mean, the, the roadblocks and the limiting beliefs are often uh, uh, the pursuit of perfection, but the imposter mm. syndrome, which, which I, I've seen people who cop both, um, but the imposter, more recently, I reckon imposter syndrome is in front and ironically, it's the people who have got the runs on the board and have been around a bit, have got a greater degree of imposter syndrome. How, uh, often do you come across it with your clients and, um, you know, how limiting can it be debilitating in some cases, probably? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think everybody has it to a certain degree. I don't think you can be human, really, if you don't have some kind of uh, imposter syndrome or something inside you that's going, oh, I don't know if I'm worth it. I don't know if uh, they're going to believe me. I don't know. Um, so I think we all have it to a certain degree. And I don't know if you can 
I mean, it's like people come to me and say, well, how can you stop me being nervous when I go on stage? No, (laughs) that's, you know, of course I can't stop. I can't stop that. I can give you tools and techniques to help you with that. And it's the same with imposter syndrome. I think that, you know, you can, you can, you can get uh, people to a stage where they are, they realize that they're talking to people that want to listen to them. And actually, mm. when they when they realise that they have a story to tell, they have something that's worth sharing. That because they've they've done that work, they've found that within themselves, they've got to that point. That actually, they're not talking to everybody. That they won't please everybody. There will be people that will go, oh well, I didn't, you know. But they're not they're not your audience. They're not your community. They're not the people that you really mm. want to be talking to. And I think once you once you realize that, once you realize that actually what I have to share is important for the people that I want to share it with, then everybody else and everybody else doesn't really matter. You know, I, I think that helps. Do you find that when people, um, you know, they become more grounded and confident uh, as a result of they now understand their story, they really understand their message They've got the insights from people telling them that, you know, they are pretty good at this stuff and all of these things start to to um, add up to give them that yeah. confidence then to say, well, okay, maybe I am on the right track, maybe I am okay about this. Is that the sort of you go back yeah. to square one and, and build up to get to that point? Yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I and I think that's what, that's what it is. I mean, they say, don't they, that people, uh, that more people are frightened of... of speaking in public than they are of dying, which is, you know, <laughs> is madness when you think about it. I think it was Seinfeld that said if that more people would rather be in the coffin than actually giving the eulogy, which is madness. <laughs> but I, but I think, and it does come down to that, that actually when, when people realize that they, they have something to share, um, but exactly as you say, it kind of has to come in those sort of layers that, you know, you sort of, you do the groundwork yeah. and a, a lot of it has to come from inside. It has to come from you. And actually what I do, you know, I, I, I call myself a voice coach or I, I certainly did. I'm, perhaps I don't quite so much anymore because a lot of what I do isn't on the physicality of the voice anymore. A lot of what I do no. is, is comes from inside. Yep. So two different voices, the voice that's really the, the timber of your voice and the loudness, and then you got the voice which is your yeah. story and your message, which, um, you know, part of the, the credible authority method that I've, I've been working on, I've created the Credible Authority Academy, but it's made of four parts, and that's empower your voice, um, enhance the credibility of that voice, uh, ex- extend the reach of the voice and then extract the value from the profile and the reputation you build. But it's all about the voice. And in that case, the voice yeah. is your story and your message, getting it out there. Look, take me back, if you can, um, Jackie, the the whole notion of story, when you're saying find your story and everything. And uh, I know there's a lot of confusion around, like most words in the marketing lexicon, stories being, you know, smashed over the head a bit and bastardized to an nth degree and corporatized. But when you say tell your story, that side of things, because when people might have a keynote presentation or they might be being interviewed on their 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 topic of interest or their domain expertise, uh, or if they're going to do a series of videos, that's more likely to be on their domain expertise unless they're going to be interviewing someone. 
does your how how does their story look in in that? How does that come out? Can you sort of um, is there a scenario you can paint on that? Of how do you get that story out in those scenarios? Because they're probably um, not necessarily going to get up and do a speech about you know they might go back and use their lessons learned or something that happened to them in school to get things going. How does story work in that regard then? Well, exactly as you just said, it's fi- it's finding those those things. It's I, I think the place to start once you, once you've got that kind of grounding and you know what it is that you want to share and why you want to share it. I think then you think who who are my audience? <clears throat> who am I talking to? Why why are they here? You know, and it's it, lots of people sort of stand on the stage or in front of people and. and get nervous because all eyes are on them which of course they are to a certain extent but if you can switch that and think well it's not me it's it's not about me it's about them so actually and I think it was Nancy Duarte who did a fantastic TED talk on speeches and some some fabulous speeches but she kind of put it that you know, in terms of the hero's journey, you are not Luke Skywalker on the stage. You're not, you're not the hero. You are the mentor. So you are the Yoda and the audience are the, the, the Luke Skywalker. So you are impart, imparting knowledge. So then once you know that, then you find stories and anecdotes from your own life and your own experiences to, that, will, that will help them as, a, as an audience. Um, so that they, so that you are, you are giving value to them. That then kind of, th- so, so lots of people are worried about being showing themselves as very vulnerable when they're when they're sharing these stories. But it's not about um, you're not telling, you're not dragging up from from the depths these you know traumatic stories of what you've been through, unless they're relevant to your audience. It's not about um, yeah. eliciting sy- sympathy. You don't want to get sympathy from the audience. You want to inform them, interest them, entertain, do all of those things. So it's almost like yep. collecting stories that will uh, will benefit the audience rather than yourself you're not just standing there to to tell your story you're standing there telling a your story as a way of of imparting knowledge and sharing an experience so people have got expertise and they're going to do some some videos so they've got an audience out there and they're going to be riffing on topics that are um, to do with maybe trends in their industry or um, something to do with their domain expertise, how to, all of that sort of stuff. Are you suggesting that while you're putting and 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 if you go back further, where you know you've done your your planning of your values, you know who you are, um, you know maybe you've got some insights from people, so you're getting a good handle of okay, I'm I'm in a pretty good space. This is who I am. This is what who what, how I want to show up authentically. I'm going to be real about this. So we've got that bit done, and now we come to the the package of getting whatever it is we're going to do. So let's talk videos, um, because more people are probably going to be doing videos. Everyone seems to be doing videos at some point. Um, but you're suggesting then to, uh, yes, you've got your expertise, your trends, your topics, whatever they are, but to try and imbue each one of those videos with a personal story that that only you have is that uh is it it can be an anecdote the whole thing can be a story what's what do you see people doing more in that space 
Yeah, that, I mean, that is an interesting one, because obviously, if you're doing a sort of a five minute video, you, you don't want to necessarily tell a, a huge story about something that happened to you. Um, it's it's finding stuff that is relevant, but people will, yeah. is it and, uh, Maya Angelou said, people won't re necessarily remember what you say, but they will remember how they how you made them feel. So it's yeah. not always about the data. You know, you have something that a, a, a part of of your knowledge, your topic, whatever it is that you need to share that that is intrinsic to the reason that you're doing the YouTube video or the video that, that you're doing. But it's finding yeah. a way of sending the audience away, feeling something. So work out what it is that you want your audience yep. to go away feeling. What what do you want them to go away and do? What action do you want them to take? And are they going mm. to do that if you just tell them, this is a widget and it does this and you need it? Yep. Or will they go away uh, if you tell them, uh, I had this widget and this this is how I came across it because this was happening in my life. And now that I've got this widget, this problem has been solved and this is now how I feel. So you then, rather than just delivering the data, you're actually giving your audience something that they can remember, that they can, you know, it's a feeling, an emotion that they're going away with. That's what the, yeah. that's what they will yeah. remember. So what I'm hearing you say is that preparation is key here, even for the smallest things. So, you know, even before you just get up and do a video or a series of videos, know what each one's for, what you want the outtake. Um, given I've got a background in PR and communications, one thing that was always drummed into us is what are the key takeaways that you want people from, mm. you know, from your stories and from the media you, you get and and the content you create. So this is just really at the pointy end of that is every time whether you're going to, because a lot of people also now we're going to see little meetups and things like that and people get introduced and a lot of times people are on panels as well. So they might not, they might be being interviewed on a panel at a meetup <laughs> and we see, you know, those sorts of things a lot. And that's, um, I mean, that's how I started speaking because I, um, if I'm going to get into stories, my story was I absolutely hated the frightful of the idea. Um, you know, I used to do case studies of my clients because I knew them so well. That didn't worry me so much because I was just, I'd lived and breathed it. But when you're going to start doing keynotes, that's a different thing and comment on trends and social media and stuff. And I was appalled by the, the thought of doing it all. But how I started was going on panels. And a panel is you're just going to be asked. So you hopefully you've got the answer. Hopefully they might even give you a hint of what they're going to talk about. But uh, I, as a digression, I found that, that a good way to do it. But I know a lot of people who are always, they're probably not, never going to go out and do a keynote, but they might um, start with a panel or a small meetup where it's, it's you know, it's, that's where they're starting. That's their starting point. Um, it's something a bit more small, a bit more community-minded. Um, and that side of things. So, but even if you're going to do that, don't wing it. Is what you're, you're saying. Have a have a clutch of stories that you can go to, uh, based around various topics. Would that be a good way people people do it? Anecdotes are good examples and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, if you if you I mean, you can you can start by you know writing like a a story journal. I can't remember who else was was telling me that they have a story journal. So every time an anecdote or something funny happens or 
<clears throat> something serious, whatever, whatever it is, just, you don't need to write the whole story out. It's just bullet points of different things that happened that would just kind of trigger or be relevant to a, a certain point that's point that's being yeah. made. Um, and if you can just kind of collect those so that you've got them there. Um, lots of people are just are very good at remembering those sort of things. And something that somebody says will tr trigger something and they'll go, oh, I remember doing that, you know, exactly as you just did with your story. So you're, you're triggered and, mm. and you start speaking. And it's when you, I think panels and Q&As are a brilliant place to start because we all have mm. so much experience. I mean, I, I walk into classes, workshops, coaching sessions even, and I've got a bank of notes around me. Just, you know, bullet points here. I did a director's workshop last week. I was prepared to the nth degree. I mean, I'd literally got text and scripts and everything. that I, I didn't use hardly any of it. And most, most of the times I go into these spaces and I never use the notes that I've made. But <laughs> I've, I've done it. I've done the work. I've done the prep work. So it doesn't matter what question I'm asked, it will trigger something. You know, it will it will bring up um, a story or, you know, I did this and this is how it worked for me. And those sort of questions and answer sessions or those panel sessions are a great way just to, to get those stories yeah. triggered. And they kind of get you they they give you they're great practice for just talking off the top of your head. I mean, people, I say to people, well, right, we're going to do some improvisation. I don't normally say that, actually, because <laughs> it frightens the bejesus out of people if you tell them they're going to improvise anything. <laughs> but we improvise all of the time. We're improvising right now. You know, nobody knows yeah. when you open your mouth to speak, you have a vague idea of what you're going to say, but you don't, you don't know the reply that you're going to get. And then what are you going to say in reply to that? No. So we, we are all improvising and panels and places like that are a great way to practice just improvising, just talking off the top of your head, because we kind of clam up and think, oh, we don't know anything. But actually, when you start talking, you realize how much knowledge you have on your subject. You know, so I think, yeah, yeah they're a great, yeah. they're a great place to start. Well, the timing of this is good because I'm doing a, a talk tomorrow and I'm going to be in conversation <laughs> with and I'm being asked all sorts of things. And I've got questions, I've got a variety of questions, but I, I'm not going to, I don't like being, uh, I don't like, never like over preparing as in, sorry, I'm not, I'm never under prepared, but I don't like um, being overcooked. And over rehearsed. No. Uh, I'm no. very. I did it once. I did one early at my early early days of speaking in public, and I rehearsed a whole speech word for word, and it was the stupidest thing ever. Because five minutes in, I went blank. So uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> no, no, no. And um, I, I say that, that to people. So, yeah, no. People ask me all the time. You know, should I memorize this script? No, <laughs> please don't memorize it. No. You know, bullet, pro no. bullet points are great. No. But as soon as soon as you as soon as you start um, memorizing something, it's the easiest way to trip up, yeah. because if you if you, uh, you know if you write something out and then and then you've written it perfectly, you've crafted it. You know, we don't speak that way. It's very difficult to speak yeah. that way. So, yeah, you're best just yeah. to uh, to make sure you've got all the bullet points, make sure you, you you know, you hit those points that you really want to make, really need to make. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, just yeah. as long as you know, as long as you know your subject, then then you're going to be fine. Yeah. I've 
I've, probably the main main one I I've done is big keynotes when I want the first two sentences right. I'll get that bit right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. else just flows from there. But uh, uh, I, I am guilty of the, the the first two to three sentences. Um, all right, that, that's fantastic. So it's it's really. I'm just wondering how to tie all this up in a bow um, because there's some great stuff there and it's really, um, you know, maybe put it into some sort of semblance of order there because I've taken you on different pathways. So that's my fault. Uh, So starting point is really getting to know yourself, um, understanding, and I think values is a big part of that, uh, understanding who you are and what what you want to be out there achieving, uh, how you want to be perceived I think is always a good one. Um, yeah. and and getting that bit right. Um, as you said, ask your friends, your colleagues, your clients, um, what's sort of the question you'd ask them, what they think of you, what 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 springs to mind when your name pops up, yeah. what's the sort of thing that you'd recommend? Them? Yeah. I think, um, I think um, it's that kind of, uh, what do they call it, like a criticism sandwich or whatever it is, where you've got a, you know, good point, bad point, good point. So, you know, what is your superpower? What do they look to you for? What do they think you're really good at? Uh, and then oh, okay. what do they think you're not? Yeah. So what do then they think you're not so good at? What What is that weakness? Um, uh, and then maybe, you know, how, how, how do, how do people perceive you? And, and making sure that people understand what it is that you do for a living. <laughs> I, find, I, you know, I found yeah, that true. sort of early on is that actually I'd say to people, I'm a voice coach. I think I called myself a performance coach in the beginning and, and didn't realize that people didn't really know what that meant. Um, so, yeah, make sure mm-hmm. that what it is that you're saying actually explains what it is that you, you want to explain, yep. really. So, yeah. And with weaknesses, is that necessarily to fix the weakness or just to know to stay away and to accentuate the strengths and the superpower? I think we are all aware that we have weaknesses. And I think, again, in that imposter syndrome way, we over accentuate the weaknesses it's like with with reviews isn't it people will always read the they'll read all the reviews but they will only remember the bad ones um (laughs) and actually there's there's always a lot more good ones um and i think by asking people what your weakness what they think your weakness is i you begin to realize that actually you don't have as many as you think you you do have you know we kind of build them up in our own heads So I think just finding out what other people think your weaknesses are and it and it may bring up something that you you didn't know that you did or that you have or whatever. Um, and then if you, if you want to put that right, then then at least you've got that opportunity. And and so from that that point on, you you know, you're it's about getting yourself confident, um, depending on, of course, you know, where you're going to be presenting and how you're going to be presenting, whether it's, again, podcast um, panels. Uh, on stage, meetups, wherever, uh, boardroom presentations. So get that bit right. And, and I guess then what the next bit was sort of understanding if you're going to look per gig, whatever the gig is, um, who yeah. the audience is for that. And I think the critical thing that I took away was what, um, what do you want their takeout to be? Is that right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The audience is, is a big part of, of what it is that you're doing. So make sure you know who they are and what they what they are going to take away. Who they are. And and, and it's the same as, you know, um, there's that side of things. Um, and whether it's live, whether it's a virtual 
presentation because we're still doing lots of those. They, they're not going to go away. So um, in, the, in which case you won't get to see them. Um, different when you're on stage and you can see people, yeah. but, you know, in the virtual ones, you're talking to a camera and you don't really get to see them. Uh, and then so preparation for each thing that you do, each gig, each little platform, whatever it is, but really come connected with some, have a bank of stories. I think that's the, that's one of the big keys that I've got out of tonight is have that bank of stories that um, of examples and um, you go to. I mean, I, I think about now and I've got things that I, I just fall back on. They just can't come out by rote that I know yeah. that they're going to come out because I've said them enough. Uh, and you might think that you've told that story so many times everyone's sick of it, but they're not because chances are they've heard it before is not great anyway. Um, and that's the same with messaging and all, and your story generally. Just when you're so sick of saying it, it might just be cutting through to people. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we we've ticked off those things. We didn't, we, you know, and I I didn't. Uh, that that's sort of the the hardest stuff to the development stuff to get our heads around. Um, less so how your voice sounds and where you put your hands and um, you know deep breaths and all of that. I mean that's. That's that's the next. That's more the the physical manifestation of your presentation, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But this other stuff is what troubles people. Yes. Yeah. Because because if if you've got all of that other stuff straight, then the voice will come naturally. The hand gestures. You know, people worry. I I worked with one guy that was doing YouTube videos, and he just stood there with his hands in his pocket, and it's like, well, why have you got your hands in your pocket? Well, I've been told that I can't use my hands. Why? You know, they, they are part of you. And once you start speaking naturally and with confidence, then, then your hands will do what your hands do. You know, and that's, you look stranger standing there with your hands in, the, in your pockets than you do actually using your hands to um, illustrate your points. So, Yeah, that's good. I use my hands. <laughs> Excellent. All righty. Um, how's the best place the best place online for people to find you jackie thanks very much for your time today oh you're welcome it's been it's been fabulous to travel to the other side of the world to speak to you today um i'm on i'm on linkedin and you can find me power to speak uh, jackie goddard on power to speak on on linkedin my website is power to speak.co.uk um yeah so mm -hmm. yeah come and find me i'm on instagram and facebook power to speak is on facebook too so yeah all the all the usual places i also have a podcast called power to speak the podcast which is Excellent. on youtube and talk to lots of interesting people um so yeah i'm i'm all over the place all righty thanks very much jackie but have a good day or rest of the day the reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in?